0: The questions in those songs: What child is this? Why is Jesus in such lowly or mean estate that, that that Christ was born in this this manger, this stable, this one who is King of all kings, this one who is Lord of lords, this one by whom and the for whom the universe exists? Jesus, our Savior, uh, the birth of Christ had to have just been one of these great ironic. Switcheroos. <laughs> Why would the, the one who is, is Lord of all be laying in a manger? It's hard to imagine. It's hard to think. And as we enter into this Christmas season, it reminds us of the humility of our King who came to save who came to rescue us. Uh, today, we're actually looking, though, at the wise men and the story of the wise men, and we're calling, it, because we've been calling it Songs of Christmas, looking at Christmas songs, and looking at some of the songs that happened in the passages, we're gonna look at the story of the wise men today, uh, these ones who did recognize that it was a king who had come. It was the savior of the world who had been born. So today, as we enter in this moment of reading, I'm gonna pray again. And would you join me in prayer, just asking God to speak to your heart and to mine, that we would all be reminded of that call to seek his presence always. Father, we are grateful this season. We are grateful for Christmas. We are grateful for the reminders year after year to put our attention squarely on your son. That just as your word says to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter, the author, the the pioneer and forerunner, the one who brings about our faith into completion, fix our eyes on Jesus. Help us do that. Let us be those who seek his face always, who knock, who find answers, because you've been providing them all along. Father, I pray that you would fill this service, that you would fill this message, that it would be words from you, And you would encourage our hearts we need you and i need you even more today and always speak to our hearts we pray in the name of jesus amen well let's read this for this this story that's found in matthew chapter 2 the story of the magi or the story of the wise men it begins in verse 1 of chapter 2 and it just says after jesus had been born in bethlehem in judea during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose in the east, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem was disturbed with him. He called together all of the people's chief priests and all of the teachers of the law, and he asked them where this Messiah was to be born. They replied, In Bethlehem in Judea, for this is what the prophet had written. But you, Bethlehem in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Jerusalem, or, or of rulers of Judah, for out of you will come one who will be ruler for my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. And King Herod, he sent them. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find it, report it to me. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when they had seen it, when it rose, it went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, on coming to the house, verse 11, it says this, they saw that the child was his mother, Mary, and they, bowed down and they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of frankincense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. Now, when they had gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph also uh, in a dream and said, get up and take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to try to kill him. So he got up and he took the child and the mother during the night and left for Egypt. And while he stayed there until the death of Herod, and so was fulfilled what the Lord said through the prophet, out of Egypt I will call my son. because they are no more. The story of the Magi is one uh, that happened not right there at the Christmas story. Now, I know when we set up our nativity scenes, we like to put the three Magi, and we put the shepherds, and we put Mary and Joseph and the baby, and we put the angels all together. And in the stories, we like to kind of put them there, and we kind of have this, this uh, fanciful scene of not just the angels and the shepherds, but, but the wise men. Hate to break it to you, they weren't there. They didn't come that Christmas. Did did you see it in the passage, right? Did you see it, it said, you know, that Mary and Joseph at this time were in a house. That by the time they talked to Herod, and Herod finds out the exact time that star had appeared, we'd gotten some travel time, we'd gotten some figuring out time, that they'd come. Jesus was probably one, one and a half, he's 18 months. 20 months he's been around a while and all of a sudden these wise men and their whole entourage show up so why in the world are we talking about this story of the wise men when they weren't even there at Christmas they weren't even there at that first birth why are we talking about them and, and I don't know if you noticed this in the story did you see them singing did you see them have a song Mary had a song. Zachariah had a song. We've seen some songs so far in this Christmas theme. Why in the world are we talking about that? We could save this until after Christmas, quite frankly. Um, Why are we talking about They didn't have a recorded song. But did you notice all of the prophecies? Did you notice all those those songs of old that were quoted? Did you notice? We're going to come back to that because something was going on. But I also have another little theory. This is just mine. You're not gonna find this in any biblical commentary. You're not gonna find this uh, as you read the Christmas stories. I don't think you're gonna see this as you see any of the uh, little Christmas specials that reenact these things. Do any of you guys do some singing along the road on these travels and little trips? Does does any of your families kinda like do that? Or does everybody just put on their headphones and and, and lock it out when you travel? Does anybody do the sing-alongs in the car? Vicki and I are traveling to Texas, um, as we usually do at Christmas, and we drive, and we're going to drive all the way. It's 20 hours. Now, <clears throat> we've been married a long time, and one of the things that she loves is the fact that I'll sing in the car. Um, she doesn't. Um, but I'm surely she loves this. I mean, do you guys do this? I mean, we have these Christmas songs that we sing. Um, we have these Christmas songs that we rehearse and do. Um, I don't know if you have some of these. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> One of the Christmas songs that I don't particularly enjoy is Jingle Bells. Do you you know the Jingle Bells one? right, this is one of our Christmas classics that they, you know, too too much of. Um, uh, Did you know that that's not a Christmas song? It was Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's actually a Thanksgiving song. So I think it should go ahead and just strike that one. Just, it was written for Thanksgiving, you know, dashing through the snow and one whole show of the sleigh. They were going to grandma's house for Thanksgiving. They were not going to grandma's house for Christmas. That, sorry, everybody, if I ruined it for you, but it's an actual Thanksgiving song. That's the history of this thing. Okay. So maybe the wise men, whether they had camels or horses or their entourage walked the whole way, I don't know. I'm thinking they came from Persia. They may possibly came from Babylon. They came from pretty far in the east. And as they traveled, don't you think some of them sang? Maybe some of their guards and soldiers, they were carrying precious items. By the way, there may not have been three of them, by the way, there are three gifts. We've never heard that there are three wise men. Some think that there were only two or three or four. Some believe that there were up to 12 or 20, that there were a lot of these guys. It might've been a pretty big entourage. And they came into Jerusalem to see King Herod when they stopped by, it was like, who just showed up? I mean, it's like, I mean, they might've had like, you know, camels and horses and donkeys. I mean, they may have had soldiers and guards. They've I mean, this might've been quite the scene. This might've been quite the scene. Did they sing along the way? I don't know. But they were coming because they were seeking. They were coming because they were looking. They were coming because they were searching. They had heard the prophecies of old. They had heard that there was a Messiah king coming. Now, you've got to get some pieces here. King Herod, his grandfather had converted to Judaism, but it really so it was kind of his thing, but not really his thing. The wise men, these magi, were not really kings of other nations, but they were probably religious kind of like prophets. They were sort of wise advisors to the king. Now remember that the advisors to the king were not just people who really had their degrees in international relations from, you know, Johns Hopkins or something. That's not what was going on. These guys were often people who studied religious texts and prophecies and ideas, not just of their own, but really from wherever they could get information. There's a later Roman historian named Suetonius, and he records that there seems to be an idea that traveled around that whole region of the world, that there would come a great king, a great ruler, one who would arise from, the, from Palestine and from and from the nation of Israel, that this idea of a great king would come. Some dated all the way back to the prophecies of Balaam during the time of Moses who prophesied that a star would come and that there would, in Numbers 27, that there would be this king who would arise, this one who would be a ruler. Something it's from Daniel. Do you remember Daniel, the prophet Daniel, who actually ended up being a wise man in the Babylonian and later the Persian empires, who wrote specific prophecies about the king who would come. And we're going to see that here in just a minute. Even the specific times that this king would arise. These wise men, these ones who perhaps sang some songs along the way, were well acquainted with the prophecies, the songs of old, the scriptures who kept talking about a coming king, one who would arise. Now, the Roman Suetonius and others, they they discredited. They were like, well, this story was out there, but we think it was us Romans that came along, and we think it was our Emperor Vespian, of course, who fulfilled all of this. But they kind of wanted to take glory for it. But somehow, God in his providence, God in his passion for seeking a relationship with you, God in his desire that all nations would come and worship the king, that all nations would come and find salvation, that in all of this, this this God of ours, this lover of humanity, this one who sent his son, had been preparing the way for hundreds and hundreds of years telling the story, making sure people would know that the time of his son's arrival wouldn't be missed, that all people could ultimately seek and find this Jesus. Let's look at this story and look at how these wise men, these magi, these guys asked the right questions to prepare them to find Jesus the good news of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 2, when we look at this, look at what was said right at verse 1, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem. So we know that this is some time later, this was not that night, after he was born, in Judea, during the time of King Herod, a magi from the east came from Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? When we saw his star when it rose, or some say he saw solid star in the east, it probably means that we were in the East, when we in the East saw his star or his star coming up. Um, it, we've come to worship him. Notice that they're asking, who is this one who is born, this king, this ruler? Who is this guy? Well, it's Jesus, the Messiah. They knew of this prediction. They knew of this one who would come. Isaiah is one of those prophets um, who 800 years before the birth of Jesus uh, foretold one. In Isaiah 42 verse one, it just says this, here is my servant whom I have uphold, my chosen one in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring what? Justice to the nations. It's not just a king of the Jews. It's not just a king for the nation of Israel. It's not just a king for this people group, but no, it was one who would be king and ruler of the nations. In Daniel chapter seven, one who was captured and taken from Israel, taken uh, in that kingdom of Judah when it was conquered by the Babylonians, deported and raised in the Babylonian culture, raised to be one of these wise men who God gave special abilities to interpret dreams and visions he also spoke of prophecies and wrote prophecies and in chapter 7 of the book of Daniel it says in my vision God gave him visions of the future it says there was one before me like the Son of Man coming in the clouds he approached the Ancient of Days a, a term used for God and he was led into God's presence he this this one like the Son of Man was given authority and glory, and sovereign rule, sovereign power, the power of the king, and all nations and peoples of every language worshiped him. Now his dominion, his kingdom, it's an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom, what does it say? Is one that will never, ever, ever one of Daniel's first experiences, while, while he was there in Babylon, was interpreting for the king, for King Nebuchadnezzar, a dream that the king had had. And the king had a dream. It was of a, golden, of a big giant statue. The head was gold. The chest was a silver. the Next part was sort of bronze. The feet were clay mixed with iron. And then a rock came out of, that wasn't cut by human hands, rolled along and smashed the statue. The King had this weird dream may have had it multiple times because often you like weird dream you blow it off but you keep having it and they're like ah, something's going on here maybe this is from God he called all his wise men in all his his enchanters a lot of the, the big ones all the big-name guys you know the, the, the young ones probably didn't if, they, if the big ones can't do it the young ones can so he called in the the varsity team he called in his big uh, magi his big wise men and he asked him to well they always give me some interpretation but I want to make sure this is real and Nebuchadnezzar said, I want you to tell me what I dreamed last night and the interpretation. And they were like, oh king, may you live forever. You're a great king and everything, but um, we can't do that. Tell us the dream and we'll interpret it. That's what we do. You know, we, th- we have little symbols for things, we have, but I want, the king was like, no. If you're legit, I want you to tell me the dream and interpret it. They couldn't do it. The king was going to wipe them all out. He was going to kill them all and their families. The king was upset. And Daniel said, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. There's a God in heaven that gives the answers. There's a God I know that can help me. And that God gave Daniel an interpretation of that dream, gave Daniel a vision of that dream. God helped Daniel understand that this was about four different kingdoms who would come. And during the reign of that fourth kingdom, there would be this new kingdom that would, this rock that destroyed them all, became a mighty mountain, he says, and that will be a kingdom that will never pass away. These stories, these prophecies were rooted into the, through the foundations of these cultures of the east, so they're expecting a king. They're expecting a, 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 an eternal kingdom, an eternal dominion. Now, guys, I, I don't know if any of you are historians, but you know there's not one, right? There's not a kingdom that's still around that was around back then. You know that everything from Roman empires um, to the Persian empires, to these ones that conquered half the known world, these places all passed away. Oh, except the one that Jesus started, because we're still here today. Except the one that Jesus started. Where is this one who has been born, the King of the Jews? And not just the King of the Jews, but the King of all of us. Did you miss this in history class? Did you miss this as you were skimming through your Bible this week? And did you miss this in your Bible studies? These prophecies have been there for hundreds of years. Where is this guy? Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? Who is this young man, this one who would reign? Now, As I was reading this, I don't know if the wise men detected Herod's reaction. But you heard it, right? You heard it in the scripture that Herod was deeply disturbed. Why were the Herod and the people so disturbed, right? Why in Matthew chapter two, verse three, did it say that? When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem was with, with him. Now, he later calls those Magi in and says, hey, go find Jesus and when you find him, come tell me and I'm gonna co-worship him. That was a lie. We know he wanted to kill the child. We know that uh, he, he didn't want any ther- threats to his power. Um, <clears throat> But I wonder if the Magi picked up on that when they first told the story. Where's the one born king of the Jews? We're sure you must know. He's right here in Jerusalem. This is the capital. So King Herod, you who are not really Jewish, you who are not of the lineage of the kings of Israel, you who are really just kind of a Roman puppet who was put into place here, you who are a usurper, um, please tell us where the real king is. I wonder what Herod's face looked like i wonder if he was like oh oh goody the messiah yeah or was there kind of a little bit of a what you weren't coming you're not bringing me gifts you're not coming here to celebrate me you're not coming here to did you see all the great buildings that i built herod was known as the great builder he was also known as a very treacherous man towards the end of his life he killed more of his officials and more of his own children. Any of them that he posed as a threat, he killed them. One of the Caesars famously said, I'd rather be uh, <clears throat> Herod's pig than his, than his son. Uh, pig and son in Greek are very similar words. He would make a little play on words there because he's like, this guy was very, very insecure. This guy was always looking for threats to his authority. I, could this not be the greatest threat? The Messiah King, the one who would be in charge? Oh, I wonder what his reaction was. And the face in his face. Whatever it was, Scripture tells us that he was disturbed. Disturbed is actually way too light of a word. Extreme agitation. Um, the, 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 the Greek word, it really is kind of this agitation, this upsetness. This is one of this like panic attack. Would probably be a better translation in our contemporary vernacular, right? He was panic. And it says, all Jerusalem with him. Now, when it says all Jerusalem, it's probably talking about the religious leaders, the people who were in the courts with him, because these two understood that, hey, Rome has conquered us. They are allowing us to continue our religious traditions. Rome is allowing us to have our temple worship, and Rome is allowing us some authority within ourselves, some limited amounts of self-rule. But at any time, Rome could roll in the tanks. Well, not tanks, but roll in the troops, roll in the legions. At any time, Rome could take that away. Why were they disturbed? Because they knew this king could cause great upheaval. That this king could destroy the status quo. This king could ruin any power or authority they might have. This king might uh, just upset the bucket. Why were they so upset? Well, because it was going to bring change, this Jesus was going to make something happen. The next question they had, which was a good question, a good question for the wise men, where was the child to be found? And and, and when uh, they called together the chief priests and the teachers of the law, they asked him where the Messiah was to be born because obviously he's not here in Jerusalem. You don't know about him. We came to the capital city and you don't know where he is. So let's call these chief priests, these teachers of the law, these ones who have studied these prophecies. And they said this, Um, Where is he to be born? Well the scriptures they were quick to say in verse 5 In Bethlehem in Judea they replied For it's written in the prophet uh, in Micah uh, But you, Bethlehem, um, in this land of Judah Are by no means least among the the, the rulers of Judah For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of the people Israel Bethlehem isn't far away It's about five miles from Jerusalem. It's close by. It's the city where David, the the, the not first king, but the first great king, that second king who became the quintessential king, that's where he came from. The line that he would always have someone sit on the throne. The prophecies that David would always have someone that would rule over his people. It meant that the city of the king was the city where Jesus was to be found. Bethlehem was the key. This had been foretold. This was one of the songs. Well, they also asked this question. When did all of this take place? When was it supposed to happen? When was this going to happen? That's what Herod wanted to know, right? He asked the Magi secretly, and he found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. That's verse 7. Uh, he called in the Magi and says, When exactly? this star had appeared in the sky. So he sent them, in verse 8, um, it sent them to Bethlehem and said, go search carefully for the child, and as soon as you find him, report it to me so that I may go and worship him. The exact time of the star. This gives us some interesting thoughts. One of the things that we realize the Bible scholars have kind of figured out and thought through some there's been some sort of like errors along the way and some calendar transitions from the Roman calendar to the Christian calendar and some miscalculations and all this kind of stuff. We always think of Jesus being born, what, zero, right? And then you start counting, right? Probably not. Probably doesn't work out that way. The math doesn't quite work out that way. Um, and here's the main reason. Herod died in 4 B.C. So Herod already did. Um, so that, 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 that would kind of mess it up. So we really think Jesus was born a little bit earlier than this, maybe around 6 B.C., it was right at the end of, of Herod's reign. And so this star, that, now that's made like astrophysicists, astronomers, and astrologers, well not the astrologer guys, but more the astronomer guys, astrologers, try to figure out when exactly this happened. Can we tie it into some astronomical phenomenon? And actually there were some. There were some very interesting ones that appear around 5 B.C. and at 7 B.C., we have a supernova that occurred um, around that time that some people have seen. We saw there's a big one where like Saturn and, and Jupiter get real close. We had that not too long ago. Do you guys remember that? And you can kind of see them really close. And, and even with binoculars, you can kind of quite see it. it. It was one of those kinds of moments of maybe the stars are lining just right. Maybe it was a comet. But there's also this strange thing that says, listen to what it says next in this passage, where it talks a little bit about the star moved over to where Jesus was in Bethlehem. So even if there was sort of a a supernova or the stars lining up, there was also some sort of movement, some kind of maybe an angel, something that guided the the, the wise men to the exact place. But you know, the stories had already been foretold. The time had already been put in there. In the songs of the prophets, Daniel, we spoke of him before. Remember when we talked about the big statue and he interprets the dream for Nebuchadnezzar? we realize that those kingdoms were all different kingdoms, and they correspond pretty well to the kingdom of Babylon, the kingdom of the Medes and the Persians, the kingdom of, of, of later Greece and Alexander the Great, and finally, uh, the kingdom of the Romans who would come, the Empire, Roman Empire who would come, and that it was mix, the clay mixed with iron that was strong as all good out, get out, but also brittle. And during that time, during the time of the Roman Empire, the rock would come that would break all the other kingdoms apart and establish this new kingdom that would never end. The timing was even in the scriptures, even that the prophets could've, we could have figured out from the writings of the prophets. Finally, they asked the question about what? What should we do? What should we bring? Matthew chapter 2 says this, When they heard the king, they went on the way. The star they had seen rose and went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child. They saw Mary. And they bowed down and they worshiped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts gold, frankincense, myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. What was it like for Mary and Joseph to have these wise men in their entourage show up with gifts of treasures, gold, silver, frankincense and myrrh, I added silver, maybe. Pretty special day, pretty overwhelming day, but also a day that they were warned yeah, the wise men warned to go back a different route, but also Joseph was warned in a dream to get out. They needed money, they needed cash, and all of a sudden, God had already provided exactly what we needed. Today, we were up. I was just before our service started. We need a fan, uh, like a, like an electric fan to cool something, uh, like right in. The, and someone asked me, "Hey, where's the fan?" I'm like, "Uh, here in the building," and there was one in the corner. I'm like, "Right there." Thanks, Jesus. You know, thanks, God. Everything's. For- god provided for mary and joseph even in that moment what an amazing god we serve who anticipates our needs here's the thing when i think about these guys these wise men these magi they came to a city that should have known the prophecies they should have been expecting at that time a king to come they should have seen and been ready for jesus They didn't see what the Magi saw. They didn't see from the prophecies. They didn't see from the signs in, 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 in the sky. They didn't see even the child that the Magi got to see and worship and bow down. And I wonder if we are like the Magi who are seeking, who are asking the right questions, who are looking for where God is working, or are we like everybody else in Jerusalem of that time, or are we like everybody else in Judea of that time, just going about our business, doing our things, and we're missing what God has. There's a Christmas carol. It goes like this. Do you hear what I hear? Have you heard that one? I think it was Bing Crosby that made that one pretty famous, right? Um, do you, In the night wind of the little lamb, do you see what I see? Way up in the sky, little lamb, do you see what I see? There's a star, a star, it's dancing in the night with a tail as big as a kite. The other verses, they they go on. They're similar. It said, the little lamb to the shepherd boy, do you hear what I hear? Or said the shepherd boy to the mighty king, do you know what I know? Brothers and sisters, I think that song challenges us. Oh, there was no lamb talking to a shepherd or a wind talking to a goat or whatever. None of that happened. But the question, do you see what I see? Are you paying attention to the scriptures enough to see what God has already told us about, what God is calling us to be, and who we're calling to be? In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, it says, We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we've heard, so that we don't drift away god has given us his word and his message like well i got jesus i believe in him i i've read the bible a little bit one, one back in sunday school when i was a kid or something no we pay attention now for how god is speaking now we need to hear now from his voice we need to have his word there well the question is that the wise men asked who has been born why were they so disturbed where was the child to be found when did all of this happen what should our response be think the wise people of today, not the wise men, not the magi, but people who are showing wisdom today are asking similar questions. I think we are asking ourselves this, am I looking for the king? Or am I just disturbed by how Jesus wants to shake up some things? Am I looking, is he who I desire? Is he the one I wanna be with? Is he who I wanna know no matter where he takes me? Or am I just uh, disturbed by him reigning in my life? Am I seeking the places, seeking where God is working, where his activities are happening? Or am I oblivious to what's going on? Because God is always at work. Jesus said, my father is always at work and I must be at work too. Am I worshiping him? Am I awaiting his return? Or am I just stuck in lifeless living? Am I just going through the motions? I think the wise men are doing some self-evaluation. The wise women are doing some self-evaluation. Do you see what I see? Do you hear what I'm hearing? Do you know what I know? The wise men are the example to us. Let's be those who seek. Because Jesus said you'll find. Let us be those who ask because he said, you'll receive. Let us be those who are knocking at the door because he says, it's gonna be opened unto you. Those who ask, receive. Those who seek, find. And those who knock, the door will be opened. This is Jesus' words, his promise in Matthew 7, 7. Are we those who are seeking him? Well, this morning, um, that might be you for the very first time. Maybe you've never chosen Jesus. Yeah, you've heard these things before, but you have never said in your life, Yes, Jesus, have your way in my life. I'm yours. I need your forgiveness. I will follow you. You're the Messiah King. Maybe today's your day. Maybe you know he wants to place you in this body of believers to worship and work alongside us. He's calling you to. You've known it. You've known it for a while. But you're just like, oh, yeah. oh I'm going to get to that. Maybe in the new year. Today's the day. Today's the day. Or maybe, maybe, just in the busyness, just in the tiredness, just in the in the hurry and hustle and bustle, I don't know. You've stopped asking questions. You've stopped seeking his face. You've stopped being hungry for his word. You've stopped longing for his presence. Yeah, we just need to get back and say, Lord, open my eyes to where you're working. Open my ears so I can hear you. Open my time so I can spend with you and your word. Lord, open my life belongs to you i trust in you my hope is in you the music team is going to come they're going to lead us in one more song it, it, it's a song of trust it's a song of commitment this song uh, about following jesus and let's follow him during this christmas season let's seek his face while we have we've only this is the last week of christmas let's let it be one of knowing him and experiencing him um, as we sing together um, i'm going to be at the front David will be up here as well. If you want to speak to one of us and pray with one of us, you come. You respond as God is calling you. Would you stand with us as we sing?